0: Hello, before you go any further, a quick favour from me to you, please. If you're loving my podcast, if I'm helping you change your life or giving you new ideas you never had before, please consider buying me a cup of coffee to thank me and to support me for my free work here. I put a lot of time, love and effort into these podcasts to help all of you get the jobs that you deserve, perhaps change your pronunciation and, of course, bring in the income that you need. If I have helped you, could you please help me? Recently, I lost the sponsorship of the podcast from Anchor and it means that there is zero income coming into this program and yet i'm still trying to record podcasts for you all so follow the link down in the show note or you can go to eslbusinessenglish experts.com or initial-impact.com and sponsor the show by clicking the links there Thank you very much. Also grab yourself your free mini version of Fix Your Pronunciation Fast, my downloadable coaching audios and video program. It's on a limited basis only, so grab it while you can at impactquantumsuccess.gumroad.com and find the Fix Your Pronunciation link there. Finally, we have one sponsor that's providing free ESL English, IELTS OET, AMC, Immigration, jobs, coaching, lots of support and resources there. You need to go to iwantout.wildapricot.org dot and you can check them out there. Thank you very much. Enjoy the program and keep going. Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark in Manila here from ESL Business English and Initial Dash Impact dot com. I'm here to help you get yourself forward in your life, no matter whether it's your career progression, maybe you want to increase your income, launch your own business, or improve your public speaking or presentations using English as your main or second language. Whatever it is, I can absolutely assist you. Today this one is for those of you who have to deal with colleagues or employees in a HR, a human resources capacity, and this might be your formal title or perhaps like many companies you're kind of having to cover many different roles and you wear this as one of your hats. That's a great idiom, it basically means you do many things as part of your main job. But whatever it is, it can bring challenging situations, particularly these days where we're having more layoffs, sadly, uh, redundancies, job losses, and sometimes even having to fire people or let people go because of bad behaviour or poor performance at work. Whatever it is that you have to deal with, it's important that you know the right way to word these conversations because particularly if we're talking about using spoken English, uh, especially as a second language, this adds a whole layer of complexity to it because you're having to say things in real time, you don't have a lot of time to construct what you want to say or to quickly react with a situation that somebody replies back to you about something and you need a bit of time to think, how on earth do I word that and what is the right phrasing to use? Of course when you're writing um, perhaps a message or a letter to an employee it's a little bit easier right you can take your time you can reread what you've written and you can ensure you've got the meaning clear and tactfully worded Diplomatic really I think is what we're looking for here before we send it. Although I have to say there are some employers and uh, HR people who still send the most shocking of of messages. Um, And there's been some amazing examples out there online. You could just have a quick search for some of these awfully um, poorly written um, messages from HR people. But in general, most people do take the time to ensure they've got pretty much what they want to say as clear as they can so if you're going to speak it how do you deal with it now this came from a session I had uh, with somebody um, a little while ago they are a HR manager that is their main job and they had a very tricky situation whereby they are actually they are a Chinese based company and um, all Chinese nationals working within the company except for one individual who joined the team and was succumbed across there from Europe. So this particular gentleman um, had come to the HR manager rather distressed because he'd been with the company for maybe four to six months but kind of broke down, was really upset because he felt that he couldn't participate fully Um, or express himself well enough in his basic Chinese. He had basic Chinese and it's a little bit like many of you if you're listening, you know how that feels um, when you're using English as your second language um, for the majority of your conversations for business and perhaps you can't express yourself as fully as you could in your your day-to-day native language. The problem is if you're seconded to work for a company, so you're actually being sent to that country to participate there. You're dealing with a multicultural, um, I suppose, impact and assault, because in a way, if you are working and you stay within your own country, so let's say for this example you're Turkish, okay, and you work for an international company who has a head office in Germany, and you've got colleagues all around the world, but you use English as your main language, Well, that's great, right? Okay, because even though it's a challenge, sometimes when you're in those meetings, and you're all using English as the main language, when you get off the call, you're still surrounded by your colleagues in your workplace who you can, you know, talk with, hang out with, have lunch with, whatever, who are speaking Turkish. So you're not feeling such a cultural shock or sense of isolation. If you come off that Zoom meeting and you think, oh my goodness, I didn't understand 50% of that. You can say that in Turkish to your colleagues and say, my goodness, what a nightmare. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. And if you don't know what to do, get a session with me and I can help you work that one out too. I can show you some great tips that will help you improve how much you're able to understand. Okay. That is fixable. But coming back to the point, You're not totally isolated. However, let's say you're from Turkey and you get sent hmm, to the UK, for example, and you're seconded there and all of your colleagues are English speakers, native English speakers, and you've got good English. However, yeah, you're in those meetings, you don't understand anything, and furthermore, when you come out of those meetings, you go back to your office or wherever, or you just, you know, turn to your colleagues, they're still speaking English to you, and you just feel overwhelmed, right? You just feel totally and utterly isolated. Now, of course, you could pick up the phone to your colleagues, maybe back in Turkey. Um, you could when you're not at work, you know, you could call your friends, your family to try and connect. But we know what it's like if you're in a very stressful situation and you've maybe had a bad meeting, then it can all feel kind of overwhelming and you forget that those options are available to you. You feel, start to feel a bit depressed. A bit down and I believe that homesickness plays a huge factor into this as well because often when we relocate we miss certain things from what we're used to or what we used to love so it can be simple things like our food food is really important actually um, it's something that i only really appreciated when i took the move across from europe um, to the philippines how food plays a huge part and of course in lockdowns we really all understood i think how, how food kind of in some way or the other got us through certain hard hard days and of course it, uh, it can be very difficult if like myself in lockdown at one point and um, financially speaking i couldn't even get regular food so <laughs> i couldn't even rely on a little bit of a treat to pick me up Um, You just were left looking at a freezer or a fridge with like one piece of frozen chicken left and that had to last you for a couple of days so it can be challenging to say the least but food plays an integral part in trying to help ourselves perhaps cheer ourselves up or just do something nice for ourselves so if you're missing things like that it can have a huge impact now what do you do as a hr manager um, if you're dealing with these types of situations and we're going to talk today about the language that you use in general Um, so we're not just going to talk about If it's somebody having this specific issue. What we're going to do is we're going to discuss how do you deal with anybody who comes to you with a heightened emotion. Now in this case this gentleman apparently was so upset he broke down crying. He was that distressed and I would just hasten to add that if anybody um, comes to you in your organization in that kind of state then it is a serious issue. Um, Nobody should ever have to feel that desperate that they are reduced to tears. That idiom, that phrase, is very native. So if you are reduced to tears, it means you are beyond yourself, right? Maybe with grief, upset, um, agitation, whatever, delete is applicable, but it's not pleasant, right? So it's important that nothing gets to that stage and you take action to support that colleague, employee in whatever way you think is appropriate that may work. But we're gonna talk about what you do if either the emotion is heightened As in like upset, distressed or angry, as in shouting and rather, yeah, you know, kind of menacing. So the first thing is this, the first step is to validate the person who is in front of you or speaking to you about how they feel. Do not interrupt them. Now I know it's really difficult. If it's a personal relationship, this is really challenging, right? We all know what that feels like. But in a business situation, it's perhaps a little bit easier because you're not going to take things personally. Um, You know it's a business colleague and you know that they're perhaps expressing something about the business, so unless it's your business, in which case you might take it personally because it's like your baby, then try to take an objective point of view and just sit and listen to the person. So the first step is to allow them to express themselves allow themselves to say how they feel, what's going on for them, okay? And just make a note, okay? If you if you have a mental note or if it's possible, pen and paper, and just make some basic notes as to the main grievances you're hearing. So in this case, the colleague might have been saying they're isolated, and they feel that um, not much of the meetings or any of the meetings are in English, so they can never really express themselves at a deeper level. And they don't feel happy about the way that it's impacting their job and how they are able to perform for the company. So make a key, yeah, you know, key points there, key notes of what the main deal and the issue is and why it's happening. Okay. Now allow the person just to keep saying everything they need to say as much as you will be tempted at some point to jump in, or to think, oh, I've got something to say to that, or I can, you know, I can suggest, don't do it. The reason is this. Um, If you interrupt somebody when they're in a very heightened emotional state, okay, firstly they're not going to hear you because when we get so um, emotionally um, overwhelmed or aroused, we have certain chemicals that kick off in our brain and I know this myself when we're speaking about PTSD and OCD, um, the chemicals, the alarm chemicals that tell us there's danger or that things are not safe um, are cortisol and adrenaline and these prepare us to fight or flight right okay run away or attack something and sometimes it even causes you to be like paralyzed and just freeze you know like a rabbit in the headlights stuck in the middle of the road and they get hit by the car but the point of all of this is simple okay but it means that they're not able to hear what you're going to say to them anyway Um, The hormones knock out some of the capacity of the brain to function with the frontal lobe which is where all our thinking and our processing and our higher kind of executive function hangs out. So that bit has gone offline. Think of it like a computer program and now it's just running the basic operations. You're not going to get any real processing or understanding at this stage. So allow the person to vent to cry, to be upset, it's awkward, it might feel weird, it might not be culturally acceptable for you in your country, for people to break down so openly. Uh, it, It might not even be culturally acceptable for the person in front of you to do that, but if things have got so bad, sometimes people, particularly if it's causing mental health distress, can do strange things and the thing is is to be aware and still compassionate towards it even if it feels a bit strange for you to witness this, okay? Just try to see it as something that's happening and you've got to let it as a process roll on. At some point, the person will stop either crying or saying how sad they feel or indeed the same works if they're angry. If they're shouting, if they're complaining, maybe they wanted a pay rise and they're not going to get it, okay? As long as they're not being physically aggressive towards you or threatening you or swearing at you in such a way that it's like, okay, this is personal, because that is abusive, okay? Then, at the end of the day, allow them just to vent. As really challenging as that situation is, if someone is kind of raising their voice, um, you could say to them, please stop swearing, okay? We can't have swearing in this conversation, but I'm here to listen to you. But ultimately, if they are just you know, like, I'm not happy about this, and they're raising their voice a little bit, as long as it's not threatening you, or they are throwing stuff around, or anything like that, let them vent, okay? Now, once they have vented, they will stop, because they will run out of everything that they wanted to say. This is important. Let them clear that communication tube. Think of it like you are connected to the other person by a long tube, okay? Now, They're trying to roll a marble down that tube to send it to you at the other end if you interrupt them while they're trying to send their marble And you're like sending a marble back the other end like a little round ball That's what a marble is if we're not sure okay, you're going to end up with a blockage in the tube, right? Okay, it's going to break the tube. That's not good So by allowing them to send all of their marbles all of their ball down the tube to you You just wait and collect them okay? Then, when they've finished, and they will finish at some point, even people ranting will finish, okay, then you can then send your marbles and ball back up the tube to them. The question is, is whether they will let you finish, okay? They might not, but that's a different matter. So the point is, acknowledge them and listen to how they feel. This validates the person and makes them feel as though at least they're being heard. And part of the problem for most um, anger, aggression, or indeed sadness is people do not feel understood. They feel either misunderstood, misheard, or not heard or not allowed to speak. So the first thing you can do is listen. Then when they've finished, and they'll let you know because they'll go quiet, take a moment to compose and think about everything you've written down that you've heard is the problem. And then you acknowledge it. This is the second step. You say, I can see or I can hear or I can tell depending on what's appropriate that this is very distressing for you so you are acknowledging and validating their distress it's not saying you agree with it it's not saying yes i think that's totally appropriate so if they're ranting at you about not having a pay increase it might be well that's just the way this is these are the policies okay you can't just shout about that that's how it is but you're acknowledging that they are still unhappy about it but you're not saying you're sorry and you're not saying that it is yeah, terrible what's happened and you totally agree with them. But you are validating them all the same and saying you're sorry that that is how they feel. So, I can see or hear this is clearly distressing for you, okay? And I'm sorry that you feel that way. So, you're not saying you're sorry about the situation, but you're saying you're sorry about their distress. Okay, so this shows an awareness of the person's distress. Then the next step is this, you then want to send your next position. So if it was the case of, say, um, the colleague saying that they felt isolated, you may want to ask a few more questions to get a better understanding. Maybe you still don't understand. So you could say, could you explain to me, could you tell me about a recent incident where this has happened? Um, Or, what, what has been the main thing that has prompted you to feel so distressed today? Try to ask open questions. So, these ones, what, where, how, why, who, when. These are your best friends, because open questions mean that the other person has to give you more information. Not closed questions. So, if I said to you, where did you go last weekend? You couldn't just say yes or no. Okay, that's ridiculous. You have to give me information. So, you might say, well, I went to the zoo. And I go, oh, right, the zoo. Okay, then I'm going to ask another open question about your answer. This is how we get more information. Say, and uh, why did you decide to go to the zoo? Again, you can't answer yes or no. So, I'm going to say, right, well, uh, because uh, my, my little boy loves going to the zoo. He loves seeing the lions. Right, okay. Oh, okay. When was the last time you went to the zoo? So, you get the point. Every... Every single answer they give you, you want to ask another open question until you feel you've got as much information as you need to fully understand and deal with this. Now, sometimes you don't need to, Um, you have um, plenty of information from all of their speaking at the beginning. So the next thing is you could say to them, after acknowledging their distress, is you say, what do you feel would help this situation feel better? Now, in the case of somebody who's wanting a pay rise, clearly they're gonna say, well, give me a pay rise, (laughs) okay. Now, when they do that, or if they do that, you acknowledge it, you say, well, yes, I can hear what you're saying, and I understand that you feel this could solve the problem. And then you're going to say this. You're not gonna say, but, or however, because if we do that, we completely negate what we've just said at the beginning. So, we want to still validate their feeling and use the word, and not but, because and keeps the positive compliment there. So, if I said to you, hey, your t-shirt looks great, but... Yeah, what's happening? Straight away you're thinking, but what? What, have I got something on it? Have I dropped my lunch on it? Does it not look good? Do I look bad in this? Whatever." You've forgotten I've said the t-shirt looks good, because you're waiting to hear the criticism or the problem. But if I said, hey, your t-shirt looks good, and... Today is a formal event, so perhaps a blouse or a shirt uh, would be a better choice. I've still retained the positive compliment. I've still told you your t-shirt looks great and you look good in it. I've added also that actually I have a different point of view, but I've managed to do that by using and. So again, in the same way, we're going to say, yeah, I can hear that you think uh, having a pay rise would solve this problem, and I appreciate that. The company policy at present is that we're not doing any further pay reviews because of the economic crisis and we have communicated that to all of the employees and treated you all the same. So you can hear what I'm doing. I haven't said but, I've said and, so I've kept the whole compliment, the positive, I get that you feel that would solve this problem and then I'm telling you the why, the why, of the why this can't happen okay so these techniques are really helpful for you to manage those situations in a better more productive way now so then you're going to say what else could make this feel better for you going to ask more open questions why do you need a pay increase what what problems are you having at home you know try to use those open questions to understand now the person with the pay Um, increased need, might turn around and say, well, actually my family member's really sick and I need to pay for more medication and, you know, um, hospital costs and I can't afford it. You know, my salary is just not going far enough. They might say, you know, we're backwards and forwards to the hospital all the time because I have to be back here for work. And the transportation cost of fuel and everything is just eating away my salary. It's a good expression. If something's been eaten away, it means it's being eroded. It's being reduced. Like some hungry animals eating everything in the fridge. It's eating your salary, right? Okay, so I can't keep doing this. Now, As a HR person, you can listen to that and think, well, okay, we can't increase this person's salary. But now you understand the reason why they need a bigger salary, because there's a financial pressure and obviously a a sick relative here. Maybe you could suggest something and say, well, look, it sounds to me as though the stress here is partly the cost of your transportation every day to go backwards and forwards. So maybe I could look into, we could discuss, remember, listen to the words, we could discuss not I make it a team thing involve them we can discuss looking at flexing your time so you only have to come into the office three days a week instead of five this means that there's only then three days of the week that you have to go back and forth between here and the hospital and the other two you don't so that should save you some of this money how does that sound to you so you want to try and find solutions and the way that you do that is by working together by using we to show you're on their side and also really asking them to be part of the solution now they might say yeah that sounds good or they might have an objection so again you do the same process you listen to their objection don't interrupt them let them clear the tube and then you could say to them Well, what would you suggest we could do as a compromise? So compromise means meet in the middle. What's a halfway possibility here? It's when we're talking about negotiation. So, and you can only negotiate with somebody if you treat them respectfully. But if you come in demanding that it is only your way, and you're always trying to run things like that and control things that way, then do not be surprised that the other person does not want to negotiate with you at all. Even worse, you might push them into very extreme behavior. Because if if some people feel like they're being controlled or threatened by you because you're always just seeing it only your way only, and there is no sign of negotiation or pleasant diplomacy at any point that is genuine. Remember, it has to be genuine. You can't fake this. And if you do, and you offer something, and then you take it away, you will be totally mistrusted. Okay? So it's really important you don't lose the trust at any stage in negotiation or compromising. Okay? So, ask them what would their approach be? What do they feel would be better? And then listen to their suggestion, and they might say, well, you know, that's a good start for me to just do, say, three days at the office, but you know, um, it would be even better if I perhaps could do two like double shifts so I work extra hours and just do two days a week to condense my hours and then I can have three days where I can just be at the hospital not have to come backwards and forwards so you see what we're doing there we're negotiating and you should always come in at your kind of the worst possible deal for the other person first. So always go in higher and then negotiate down, okay? Never go in at what you would genuinely want to offer and be happy with, always go in a bit beyond that and then that way there is room to negotiate and reduce each other's expectations down. to hopefully meet somewhere in the middle to to meet at a sweet spot. But you've got to do that in a respectful way and in a calm way. So try those techniques, Okay, see how that works for you. Remember that when somebody comes up with, say, a solution, the person with the problem, your best thing then to do is say, I think that sounds like a great idea, if you genuinely do. Okay? So then you want to close this conversation fast. Okay? You want to shut this cycle down. So you want to say, when do you feel that we can get started with trying that for you? okay so when do you feel we remember the we? okay when can we do that when can we get started to do that for you so get them to buy into it the reason why it's really good to do this is because it gives the other person ownership if they've suggested this is their solution and you can support it and then you are saying, well when can you do that when would you like to get started then they're like okay well we're going to do this fine so then they say well i don't know next week Uh, next month whatever it is and you can say fantastic so let's put that into practice here is what we've agreed we're going to do so you summarize what you've agreed okay say i think that's a great idea of yours and we're going to meet again next week to see how that's managing or how that's working for your next month okay and then you want to close the conversation now say thank you for bringing this to me. It's been great that you've been able to speak to me. My door's open at any time. Any further issues, don't hesitate to come back to me. But otherwise, I'm gonna look forward to checking in with you again next week and seeing how this is working out for you. That's the way that you basically de-escalate any heightened emotions um, within your company. And you can also use this with external clients as well, okay? And just ensure that the other person, the most important thing is people want to be heard. If you remember nothing else about this podcast, people want to be heard and acknowledged that their complaints are real to them, even if they're not real to you. Um, They want to have that validation. Once you give people validation, it can remove at least 100%, I'd say, of a lot of the energy from their complaint, their anger, whatever. Um, There are some select circumstances where that won't work, um, this would be with a toxic person, um, maybe person with some other mental health issues that are getting in the way as well, which is causing problems with reasoning and rationalizing at that particular point in time. It also might be that there's other issues you haven't uncovered and they also need to be found out about in order to tackle those as well Um, but in general most people will react quite favorably to this approach give it a go let me know how you get on and of course if you've loved this kind of podcast Bear in mind that you can access my premium podcast on the subscription-only service, which the link is down below. And for that, you get access to much detailed quote coaching and techniques, masterclass almost, and NLP level guided imagery as well that will really help you. So it's well worth that monthly small amount to subscribe and of course it means you access things to help you move your lives forward much faster. If you enjoy the free podcast still then do still spread the word far and wide about those. Thank you for listening and of course you can still sponsor even this podcast, if you'd like to, to keep the free ones going by just making a one-off contribution. The link again is down below. Just buy me a cup of coffee and that will help me immensely. Stay safe, good luck with everything, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue Providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here. So, even if you can't afford high level coaching, I'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you. Thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you. And of course, you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast. Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.